Checkup by BOQ Specialist, a series of podcasts created specifically for current and future doctors, dentists and vets. On the 3rd of May 2022, the RBA increased its cash rate for the first time in 12 years, which had a significant impact on existing and future home loan clients. Economists are predicting that there will be a few more rate changes in the near future. I am Sunette Pritz from BOQ Specialists and joined today by Peter Moncton, Chief Economist of Bank of Queensland and BOQ Specialist Residential Lending Consultant Avril Clutterbuck to unpack why the rate changes happened and what the future holds with more rate increases. Plus, we'll chat through the strategies that clients could implement to still meet their financial goals. With any change comes an amount of uncertainty, and we hope that this podcast will help you feel a bit more certain about the future ahead. Peter, Avril, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm sure there's a lot of questions from clients out there about this rate change and how it's impacting them. Peter, I thought I'll kick off with you. If you can just explain to us in a nutshell, who is the RBA and what does this rate change mean? Yeah, good questions. Basically, you can think of them as the organisation that makes sure that finance is available in the economy and it's available at the right rate. The right rate is not necessarily the lowest rate. What is the cash rate, which is sort of an associated question? The cash rate essentially is the interest rate that banks charged to lend each other cash overnight. And that's all very complicated and technical jargon. But the bottom line is that interest rate is the basis of the cost of interest rates in the economy. And so when it goes up, the cost of interest rates or cost of funding goes up. When that cash rate comes down, the cost of funding in the economy comes down. Is it possible to predict future rate increases? Is this the last we've seen? I know there's a lot of rumblings in the market that this is not the last and there's more to come for this year. And um, Where do you see this heading to? Predicting the future movements is hard. Predicting past movements is obviously a lot easier. So I'll talk about the future ones though. In the future, look, there's a few different ways you can do it. One is sort of you ask economists like myself about what will be happening. And basically, if you take all what economists think, all what investors think, you get something that you can read in financial markets. You get financial market pricing for where the cash rate of the future will be going. That's important, obviously, because it gives you a bit of an idea about where people think the cash rate will be going in the future. But it's also important because that pricing in financial markets sets the fixed rate mortgage. So basically, if financial markets are sort of saying over the next three years, on average, the cash rate will be X, that X plays a critical role about where the three-year fixed rate mortgage will be. So yes, you can get an idea about where cash rates go in the future. And the short answer, Sunet, as you put it at the start, is going up. So there is definitely more to come for this year, you would say. There's no doubt about that. So that leads to the obvious question, why do cash rates, why do interest rates more generally go up? And basically, it comes down to two things. First of all, if I lend you money today for a year, I like to know in a year's time, I can buy the same amount of stuff with my money as I could a year ago. In other words, inflation. I want to be compensated for inflation. So higher inflation is higher interest rates. The second bit is to do with economic growth, and it's all to do with sort of how many people want to borrow funds versus how many more people want to lend you funds demand and supply. So demand and supply for funds and compensation for inflation, they're the two biggest drivers. What do we know right now? We know inflation is high. We know inflation actually is the highest level, certainly since the GST over 20 years ago. And in actual fact, really in an underlying sense, we haven't seen this since the 1980s. So inflation is high and the economy is strong. Um, So Peter, am I understanding you correct, and this is in my limited knowledge of financial markets and all interest rate changes and things, does this happen to even out the inflation, unemployment, 
it seems as if it all works cohesively together. So are these changes made so that there's a bit of balance between these things? Why are interest rates going up? And essentially, as I said, inflation and growth and all this sort of stuff. But basically what it is that demand is stronger than supply. And what interest rates do through various different ways, sort of obviously interest rates go up, people's borrowings go up, so they've got less money to spend elsewhere. If interest rates go up, you're more less likely to borrow to invest into something. So all those sorts of things mean you slow demand. So demand was stronger than supply, prices are up. Now all of a sudden, higher interest rates slows demand, and the hope is that inflation sort of slows. The other thing I should have mentioned in the preceding question, Avril, is that sort of that's what financial markets are saying. My view is those interest rate rises look a bit aggressive to me. And the reason why I think that is one of the big questions we've got in Australian economy right now is that households in Australia hold a lot of debt. A lot of people have taken out reasonable-sized mortgages in recent years. What would happen if interest rates went up too quick for some of those people? So that's really the big question, I think, for uh, the rest of this year for the listeners and more generally for the Australian economy. How high and how fast will interest rates going up? Because that's a really big question for the economy and really big question for a lot of borrowers and savers for that matter. For me, the most impactful of this rate changes is, is on our lenders, like our home loan clients or anybody with a loan with a bank or a financial institution. Avril, you work closely with home loan clients every day, and I'm sure you get a lot of queries and a lot of questions. What do you pick up in terms of sentiment from our clients? Yes, Jeanette, we definitely do. And as Peter touched on, there is a lot of concern about the future of rates, so where they are going and obviously they're going up, but how rapidly they're going up is is a big concern for our clients. They're also thinking about, should I go fixed? Should I go variable? There's benefits for each and considerations for each option. They're also asking as well, how will it impact my repayments? So they're seeing in the news that these rates are going up and rapidly. They're seeing the percentages, but they don't necessarily know exactly how that correlates to their actual monthly repayment. So we're helping them through that as well. And also questions around how will that impact my borrowing capacity for future purchases as well. I know this is more around interest rate, but if I'm a first home buyer listening to this as well, because I'm now keen to go out in the market and secure myself a home loan, can you just summarize for us quickly, what is the difference between fixed rate and variable rate home loan? So fixed is a locked in contract, a locked in term. So you're agreeing on a fixed rate and that rate will stay in place for that term that you choose. So you can choose anywhere between one and five years. And basically it's that comfort in knowing that your repayment isn't going to change during that time. So it is great when rates are going up, you know that you don't have to worry about potential increases there. You know exactly what you'll be paying each month or or fortnight or week when you make your repayment. And that's one of the pluses, isn't it? But mm. I suppose one of the minuses, at least my understanding of it, tell me if I'm wrong, please, yep. is that if you've got a fixed rate, that's the rate and mortgage you're paying, you can't pay too much more off your mortgage during that period of time. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. So you are a bit restricted on that front, which is something you need to consider. So with our loans, for example, with a fixed term, you do have the option of making additional repayments of up to 20000 per year without any break cost penalty, which is actually pretty generous compared to other lenders as well. But if a client is thinking about potentially selling their property or refinancing within that term or even making a lump sum payment towards that debt, then they need to be aware that there could be a break cost applicable. Avril, what are some other ways that you can go about in terms of securing your home loan that you don't lock yourself into a specific fixed or variable rate? 
we do have a lot of clients who decide to opt to split their loan so they can do a combination of fixed and variable. So it's sort of hedging their bets and also getting the best of both worlds. So with the fixed portion, you've got that consistency in your repayments. And then with the variable, you've got that flexibility and you've also got the option to have an offset account as well. Now, clients can decide what portion they would like to fix and what they would like to keep variable. One of the things I would say on that is in terms of deciding that split, it's important to know how much cash you expect to hold, you know, over the next few years. So keep in mind, you don't want to have more cash than you do a variable loan because anything above and beyond that variable portion, you won't be getting any offset benefit. So you just need to keep that in mind and make sure you've got enough variable portion to be able to offset with your cash. And that's something that you as a financial specialist can sit down with a client and talk them through if a split rate is an option to look at their financial scenario or situation and work with them to see what would be the best portion split. Definitely. And with our clients as well. Given they are medical professionals and often earning higher income, they do have to put aside a lot of cash for upcoming tax instalments as well. So it's something that we can guide them through to remember or remind them that that is the case and they will have to hold that cash and they want to make sure that they're getting the benefit out of holding that cash as well. And it's important to note that not every loan product would have that option to split between the two. So it's important that clients do understand that if they go with a basic no-frills loan, then they may not have the option to do that. And if I'm approaching the end of my fixed term mm-hmm. period with my financier after a five-year period, for example, what should I do to safeguard? Because now I'm going to go right into this interest change buzz, which is happening at the moment. Is there anything that I can do as a lender to safeguard myself that I don't go out of my fixed term and then immediately fall into this hole because I haven't thought things through for the future? So I guess there's a lot of people who fixed in. We saw a large portion of clients who were fixing in, you know, some time ago when rates were at 189, 199, which those days are long gone, unfortunately. But yes, those clients will experience that when they roll off and they're rolling into a a higher interest rate, but definitely something to speak to their lender about. They might want to take up another fixed term, for example, or it's always a good time to check in with your lender and make sure that that interest rate that you do roll onto, so the variable rate that you naturally roll onto, is competitive in the market. And I think as well, there are plenty of tools online that we have even on our website, so boqspecialist.com.au, where you can have a play around with the repayment calculator tool. So you can actually have a look, you can put your loan balance in, the loan term, and then you can adjust the interest rate to see what those repayments would look like if there was a change. And you can even start to, at this point in time now, start to put away that difference, put that amount into your offset account and and build up a bit of a buffer and get used to making those higher sort of repayments. A very good suggestion because I think there's a lot of people out there that's on that benchmark from coming out of a fixed term with in the back of their mind, what am I going to do? Peter, do you think there's anything else that somebody can keep in mind safeguarding their home loan or or safeguarding, not their home loan, I should say, safeguarding payments of their home loan of paying it off? Is there anything else that you would recommend for somebody to keep in mind? I suppose that's, I'll just make a, as an economist, just a bigger picture point here that what we've seen over the last couple of years is interest rates fall to extraordinarily low levels. And now we've been surprised about how sharp interest rates are starting to rise. 
And so when you have a loan or you're thinking about taking a loan, what we've experienced over the last couple of years, just remember that interest rates can go down, but they can go back up. So take that into account when you take the loan and take that into account in terms of the way, how you think about the way you save and the way you spend. That's what I would say for future borrowers. And to some extent, that sort of holds true for um, current borrowers. But Avril gave some fantastic little tips there in terms of what current borrowers can be doing. I'm going to jump a bit just outside of the home loans because I think there's a lot of negativity in the market in terms of interest change and people are scared. But there's also, and please correct me if I'm wrong, a bit of positive side on it if you look on savings, Mm. on your savings account in your, your transactional space. What do you think is the positive side for a consumer in terms of the rate change if you look outside of home loans? I think it's a really important point. There's been a bunch of people who essentially over the last couple of years have earned nothing on their saving. And so all of a sudden they can actually start to you know, get some sort of returns. So I think it's a really important point for many savers. That's the first thing. The second thing I'd say is that an interest rate of zero is not normal. It's not a normal rate. Like you look at the history of humankind, zero is not the number that's the normal interest rate. It's abnormally low. And the fact that interest rates are going back up, it feels shocking to us because it's all of a sudden it's come from nowhere. In effect, we're going back towards a more normal level of interest rate. Our economy is returning to more normal status. We've come out of this big pandemic shock, and one of the outcomes from it is the economy's opening back up and interest rates are heading back towards where they probably should be. So look, there's all these other little factors, inflation and so forth, playing at it. But also the big picture point is we've gone through this really abnormal period, pandemic, abnormally low interest rates, and we're returning back towards a more normal period, which, and one of the outcomes of that is interest rates tends to will be heading back up. I think it's good that we highlight the positive side of things as well, because naturally for people, it's always, let's focus on, on the negativity. Um, so it's good to, to understand that there is a bit of a silver lining around the cloud for a consumer in terms of the savings side. Um, Errol, do you guys get any feedback from clients in terms of the actual savings space? Um, look, I think for our clients, their, their primary focus probably is the offset account in terms of their savings. So they really just want to maximise what they have in their offset account so that they can save the interest on their home loan. Um, so that's sort of where they're directing their cash. And it's just about making sure they utilise that benefit and having their income credited to that account and making sure they're saving on their home loan rate. You mentioned offset accounts. And if somebody like me, who's now about to explore the home loan market and potentially looking to buy a property or invest in a property, can you just talk us through in terms of what is an offset account and how it works? So the offset account, generally speaking, is a product that's available for a variable rate loan. So something that you can link to the loan and save on those interest costs. There are a few lenders out there that do offer the offset with a fixed loan, but generally speaking, it is variable. And what it means is there are also different options too in terms of 100% offset or partial offset. So you want to make sure that you've got a 100% offset account so that every dollar that you hold in that account is saving interest on that home loan. So it's as if a client is placing their cash directly into the loan and paying down that balance, and then they're only paying interest on that reduced balance. But rather than putting it directly into the loan, it's sitting in an account, a regular transactional account, next to the home loan so they can still use or access those funds via a debit card or online banking, for example. 
We've mentioned and briefly mentioned about tools and calculators and things that's available on the BUQ Specialist website. And I'm hoping we can just touch quickly on that as well, just to explain to our clients the type of calculators that we have available there. Mm. Um, So I'm going to throw it out to you guys if you want to talk through what we have available. So in addition to the repayment calculator that I mentioned, we do also have an offset benefit calculator. So that's a great tool to use just to see how that offset account will impact your loan term. So an important point to note there is that, especially when we're looking at cash flow in in times like these where rates are going up, having funds in that offset account won't actually reduce your repayment if you're on principal interest terms, which is generally the case for any owner-occupied home loan. So what happens is your P&I repayment is made up of principal and interest. So having that offset account and having cash in that account will save you on the interest component of that repayment, which means the rest of the repayment will be made up of principal. So you're actually just reducing your balance more rapidly. So a calculator that we have online will just show you how many years you can shave off your home loan by using that offset account. Peter, do you see the property market slow down? I know the last couple of months in Sydney, there was a big boom and we saw it on the news in the morning, in the newspapers, everybody talking about this property boom across the country, I suppose. But do you see it slowing down? Well, it already has. So the house prices in, in Sydney started to fall from three, two or three months ago. And I think it will fall further. Like, there's no doubt that higher interest rates does impact property prices. I talked about earlier on about how higher interest rates sort of slows things in the economy. One thing it does do is hit the housing sector. People are less likely to borrow to build a house. Mortgages go up so they can spend less elsewhere. But the other thing that happens is that higher interest rates does lead to slowing house price growth or even negative house price growth. If you look through the last 40 years, six of the eight occasions interest rates have gone up, house prices have actually declined. So the fact that we'll have declines in this cycle, as we already see in Sydney, should not be a surprise because that has been the history. If you're obviously an existing home owner, that doesn't feel very good. Your house price has gone down. If it goes down 15%, which sounds like a big number, but if it goes down 15% across Australia, then the house price will be at the same level it was at the start of 2021. So if you've had your house for a long time, you're not going to really notice a big difference. It's gone up a long way. It's come back a little bit. Clearly, it's a bit more of an issue if you've bought in the last year or two. But for most homeowners, you shouldn't be thinking about where your house is going this year or just next year. You should be thinking about where it's going over a longer term. That's the first thing I say. And the second thing about this is that higher home prices is fantastic if you own a home. It's not so good for someone like yourself, who's looking around, trying to find something of value, right? And that's one of the big issues. Higher home prices is an affordability question for first home buyers in particular. And so home prices did get to a point, particularly in places like Sydney, just too high, frankly, last year. And now it's starting to come back down, which, as I said, might not be good for some people, but for first home buyers, all of a sudden, they can start looking around again and look, there could be value there. So what that would be is up to each individual homeowner, of course, and they've got to look through their cash flow and what interest rates does for them and so forth. But for every potential person that's hurt by it, there are some people that can benefit from falling home prices. And how do you see the construction industry? How do you see, there's a lot of people that buy homes from a plan and waiting for it to be built or complete knockdown and build up from scratch. How will that be impacted with all of these changes? What we know is that it is very hard to get a builder right now. 
<laughs> That's what we know, right? Sort of their order books are chock a block, right? They've got so much work on. So A, I would sort of say, if you're thinking about doing it now, don't expect anything to happen tomorrow. So I would expect, uh, but so they're going to be building more new homes. One of the reasons why, if you look through the housing sector, whether this would be in Sydney or virtually any region around, actually, is that there's very low vacancy rates. And I think one of the things is that people are building their own home, but they're living in another home. So there's almost taking up two homes. So when the new one's eventually built, that will you know help free up a little bit of stock. The other thing that's happening, obviously, in the construction sector is that they say, we will build it for X price, but the costs have gone up. So that's going to be a bit of an issue for some people in the building sector. We're sort of seeing that in the news today. And so if people are thinking about going out and building a construction, you know, building a home and so forth like that, one of the things they should realise right now, costs are high. So if you can get a builder, it might be a little bit more expensive right now. So that's the other thing to take into account if you are thinking as of today. But of course, that's today. It may not be the case in six months' time or a year's time or two years' time. So always think about these things, work out what's your budget, what's your price, where you want to be, all those sorts of great things. But, you know, builders are pretty busy right now. Can I just ask a question there as well, Peter? With, as you mentioned, first home buyers getting into the market and maybe the property market might soften a little, so people that couldn't get in before may now be able to. Do you think that those discussions around first home buyers accessing their super to help fund a deposit, do you think those discussions will sort of die down a little bit or won't maybe be at the forefront anymore? There's been a lot of discussions about how we can improve affordability because obviously house prices have gone up a lot. And it's got harder for first-home buyers to get in because of that. Just the other point I should have mentioned, actually, obviously, first-home buyers, that falling prices is a bit of a plus, but, of course, interest rates are going up. So from an affordability standpoint, you need to take into account both things. You're right about the Labor government speaking about potential, about maybe the government can sort of help out. And this is actually what's happened in Western Australia. In Western Australia, the government actually does help people get in, first-home buyers get into the housing market, and they actually um, own some of the equity in the home. So that's sort of a, one of the programs they've got. So look, there's, there's various different ways. Over many years, governments of different persuasions, whether it be federal or the various state governments, have put in a number of programs, discounts and all those sorts of things on mortgage fees and all sort of stuff. But all we've done really is help the price rise. We've done everything about helping boosting demand. And then there's the whole question about the demand and supply question. We've helped boost demand, but what really have we done with supply? And look, you don't want to sort of wish pandemics on, right? Sort of it's been a very tough couple of years. But one thing the pandemic's done is the working from home. No longer does everyone feel like they have to be within 15 or 20 Ks of where they work just because of the commute and so forth. So working from home is, in effect, increased the supply of land. People can live in the suburbs. People can live even in the regions because they might don't have to go in the office or might have, you know, go in the office once or twice a week. Because we've increased the supply of land, all of a sudden affordability, is that's one plus for affordability. We've increased the supply. So that's one thing we've done. There'll be some first-time buyers that will be helped out by the program. I have no doubt about that. They are in WA. Looking at the supply side of the equation, I think it's very important because we look a lot in demand. What are we doing with supply? Such a good point that you make in terms of how the work from home scenarios has improved and freeing up space for people to move out into the regions, which created a complete different property boom outside of the hubs and the main CBDs, which I think is also a very positive turnaround from what we've been through over the last two years. It is. We've spoken the positives of it, and there's a lot of positives of it. What I would say is that if you're in a place like, and I'll just use a town here, Byron Bay, 
all of a sudden there's a whole lot more people coming to Byron Bay. There's not a whole lot of extra supply there. Byron Bay people have a very different view about the extra people that can work from Byron Bay. Yes. So there's sort of pluses and minuses from it. But obviously what it does mean is that a whole lot more new homes, a whole lot more people will be living in the regions, which you know I think it's good for the vitality there. It's good for the cities because people can move around a lot more. It's good overall for affordability. So look, there are pluses from moving it out in terms of being able to live in the regions. So what I'm hearing as well today, as an existing home loan client, I shouldn't panic. There is ways and there is help in tools that can help me to overcome the fear of interest rate change. Do you agree with that, Avril? Or? Yeah, definitely. And we're always available as well to run through any concerns that clients have on the rising interest rates and just getting in place the right strategy and making sure that structure of lending is in place and it suits the client not only now, but into the future as well. One other point I'd make is that, you know, we've focused very much on interest rates, but earlier on you actually asked one of the right questions, like why are they going up? And one of the big pluses for our listeners is we're in a very strong economy. It's a 3.9% unemployment rate economy. We haven't seen this sort of economy in terms of how strong the labour market is for 50 years. That's a good thing for our clients. It's a good thing for our clients' clients. Right? So there's a lot of big pluses there. We're in a strong economy, so we must remember that. Higher interest rates is a sign of a stronger economy, and that means more people spending money, more people in jobs, and that is a good background. I think it's always good just to highlight it to to our clients and to the listeners that there's help out there. So don't now pull back and sit and worry, how am I going to overcome? To your point, Avril, reach out. We are there for our clients and pick up the phone and talk to your banker. It has been wonderful speaking with both of you today. Thank you so much for the wealth of information shared and for your valuable time. There's still a few interest rate changes on the cards for us, as we've mentioned in the discussion earlier, and I've no doubt our audience will benefit greatly from the insights you have provided. If anyone wants to find out more, they are welcome to visit our website at boqspecialist.com.au slash rate changes or speak to any of our financial specialists by calling 1300-160-160. Peter Averill, thanks again. I really appreciate your time. Thanks, Annette. Thanks, Annette. Thanks for having us. This podcast is for general information purposes only and is not intended as financial or professional advice. It has been prepared without reference to the circumstances of any particular person or business, their objectives, financial situation or needs, and should not be relied on as such. You should seek your own independent financial, legal and taxation advice before making any decisions and before deciding if this information is appropriate for you. The views expressed in this podcast are those of the speakers alone and do not represent the views or opinions of BOQ Specialist. For more information on finance and home loans, visit boqspecialist.com.au slash home loans or contact a finance specialist on 1300 160 160.